It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. Monday afternoon. The phone number is 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved, you can also hit us up via email at 610kona.com. The bottom line page. Your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say. We're on Twitter at bottom line 610. Parlor at the bottom line 610. And our free mobile app is available through the Google Play and the Apple stores. Rob Francis, Ed Dawson here. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, it certainly was an interesting weekend, that's for sure. And as the controversy and the debates continue to rage regarding COVID-19, uh, and of course we we continually talk about the impact on our area and on the state, um, the CDC, very quietly over the weekend, released some different, I don't know if classification is the right word, but attempted to add more clarity. And in the attempt to create more clarity, of course, more confusion ensued. Um, Depending on how you read it, depending on, on what your attempt to interpret is, To me, Ed, and correct me if I'm wrong here, what the CDC did over the weekend was basically validate what most people have thought for the better part of the last six months when it comes to COVID-19. And that is the virus itself, the virus itself is very survivable. But much like many other viruses, when people with underlying health conditions or those that are of an advanced age, and and when I say that, I mean those that may be particularly prone to contracting things like pneumonia or other respiratory illnesses, it is more lethal. That's what we've been saying for six months. Does it validate or invalidate anything? I don't think it does that. But what I think it does do is it once again brings back the question of how the approach has been taken to dealing with COVID-19. Many have said for a long time that the at-risk population is the population that needs to be protected and guarded And when I say that, I don't mean locked up in COVID-specific housing or anything like that. But they are the population that we need to be aware of and concerned with. That the average healthy person is not as near a risk, unless, of course, there is some underlying condition that they don't know about that COVID triggers or COVID brings to light. But the overwhelming majority of healthy people, that have contracted this, have gotten past it, and have lived. It's those that have the conditions that this could aggravate or could cause pneumonia or lead to something like that is the population we need to be 
concerned about. To me, that's what it did, is it made it as clear as many people have said since the beginning, that it's the at-risk population we need to be concerned about, and that the the one-size-fits-all approach, to me, it, it once again reinforced, was not necessarily the right approach to take. So let's look at what happened over the weekend without any fanfare some people say quietly, secretively, it is what it is. But the CDC updated its coronavirus um, totals dashboard, however, you, the information about COVID-19 deaths in the United States. And what it amounted to was that of the COVID-19 deaths in the United States that have been reported, 94% had underlying health issues, which means that 6% of the COVID-19 deaths in the United States were in people where the cause of death was only COVID-19. There wasn't COVID-19 and a heart issue. It wasn't COVID-19 and cancer or right. whatever. It was just COVID-19. So, again, preface this by saying one fatality is too much, okay? But what you said, Rob, was... The reaction by some to this news this weekend was, see, I told you so. We needed to protect the vulnerable population, elderly and other people, not old people, but have underlying health issues. Kids can have a a heart condition. They would be considered an at-risk group. So... When we when we hear about case counts and death toll numbers and all this stuff, this is another example of putting those numbers in in some sort of perspective. And I don't think it's I, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that this happened over the weekend where and it was not picked up by any of the national news outlets, uh, you know, because if they had, people would have become awakened to the situation. It's only now starting to trickle out, and already you have people pushing back that saying that that's not what the CDC meant when they updated their their numbers. And I got to be honest, I don't see that side of the argument at all. They would know what the CDC meant. How how can you interpret it any other way? The the fact is, by the CDC's own information, that 94% of the COVID deaths in in this country were in people where COVID exacerbated an underlying health condition. You know, that again, that doesn't mean they should die. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything like that. What it does mean 
is think if we would have listened to the health experts that said protect the vulnerable, elderly, people with underlying health conditions. If we would have done that across the country, would we be in the situation that we are in this state, Oregon, any other state across the country as far as COVID goes? No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. We, and that's, and that is not to say that if we took that route, we would be underestimating the veracity of the virus. We wouldn't be, you know, quote unquote, wanting grandma dead. None of that stuff. But again, when certain people only operate with feelings and not thinking things through or a mixture of the two, then that's what you get. It's un- I mean, it's incredibly unfortunate. And we'll see if this just gets swept under the rug or if this becomes a major talking point. But the the news is out there. I mean, you know, and it spread pretty quickly. I mean, it was 6% was trending on Twitter. And people are like, why is 6% trending? And so they click on it. Lo and behold, there's the CDC information being updated. 547-1610-509-547-1610. This is the bottom line. News Radio 610-KONA. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610-KONA. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline. 509-547-1610. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. 547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Perfection Tire, four locations in the Tri-Cities to serve you. They've been serving this community for decades. It's family-owned and operated, locally-owned and operated as well. Whether it's tires, brakes, shocks, air conditioning, whether it's your heater, any issue with your vehicle, your brakes, stop by Perfection Tire today and let them take care of you as they've taken care of thousands of people over the decades here in the Tri-Cities. Visit their website, perfectiontire.com, for more or swing by one of the four family-owned and operated Perfection Tire locations here in the Tri-Cities. Robin Ed with you Monday afternoon. And, you know, again, I want to reiterate this. The CDC information from over the weekend should not really be shocking. It's going to come across as shocking to some people. But if you've looked into this, followed this, seen the trends and so on and so forth, What they said is that 6% of the people that have contracted COVID-19 died of COVID-19, period. Only. Only COVID-19. Just COVID-19. 94% of the people that died had an underlying health condition. Which was probably brought on. Yes. I mean, well, it was... It was exacerbated. Yeah, set into motion by COVID. Or it was worsened by COVID. And number one on the list... For the CDC, as far as underlying health factors that are increased or made worse by COVID-19 are influenza and pneumonia. Number two, other respiratory ailments. So if you have COPD, guess what? COVID-19 is going to suck really bad. Yeah. 
because it's going to create respiratory issues and could be fatal. 94% of having underlying health conditions should not be considered a shot. We know and we've heard from day one. It again comes back to the question of the approach. And should the approaches, now you can make the argument at the beginning when we didn't know much, that's fine. Yes. But as time has gone on and now we see this again coming back to where it is 6% of people died of COVID-19 and 94% had an underlying health condition. The focus should be on awareness for those people that have the health conditions where COVID-19 could potentially be fatal. Making sure people that don't have those underlying health conditions are careful around the people that do. I mean, that's common sense. Sure. Telling people that you can't do things because you're all going to die is not common sense. No, but I, I think it needs to be stated clearly, too, that what this... What this means, what the CDC did, what this means is not that COVID only killed 6% of what we thought they did. Right. That's not what they said. That's not the message at all. No. And But I, I, I get why people jump to that conclusion because, you know, heck, in, the, in this state for a while, we had gunshot victims who had tested positive were listed as a COVID death. They, they since cleaned those up. Yeah. You know, which is good. But... This is not this is not like that. This is, you know, when when we announce in our news when somebody locally uh, dies is listed as a covid death and either they had an underlying health condition or they didn't. Most often it is that they did. We state that because that shows that. COVID exacerbated an underlying health condition causing that person's death. And when you have a COVID, quote unquote, COVID death, where the health district or, you know, whomever reports that they did not have an underlying health condition, then that's notable too. That's what, look. This is information. This is data that has been clarified. And, you know, these, the people, the, some of the same people that say, well, believe Dr. Fauci and follow the science and this, that, and the other thing want to dismiss this as being no big deal. You know, this is really no big deal. They're, you know, we still have the same amount of deaths from COVID. Yes, we do, technically. But like you said, Rob, why can't we why can't we stop this bickering, this political backstabbing all the time and just take this information and use it to help people? You know, there's no reason. There is no reason. We can't look at this. This is national. This isn't just Ben Franklin Health District finding this or even the state of Washington finding this. This is the CDC. These are national numbers. Why can't we take this and implement a new policy direction where places can open up big warnings that if you that it maybe maybe masks should only be worn 
by people who have underlying health issues, and that's up to the individual. And if you don't want to do that, then you're putting your own health at risk. I don't know. That's just something that popped into my head. I don't know if that's feasible, but shutting the whole state down and a lot of the country down, still, still, six months after the fact, is ridiculous. 547-1610-509-547-1610. We got a couple of emails that we can get to. The first is from uh, Frank in Kennewick. Frank writes, uh, one of the underlying issues with the population uh, as pertained to COVID is also obesity, which we all know this country is a bunch of chubby folks by a large a large percentage. Is that considered an underlying condition? I don't know, but those that uh, were heavy and contracted the virus uh, had a rough go. Diabetics, high stress, low sleep people, and so on were hit pretty good besides the senior folks. I can't wait for normalcy to return. Have a good day, fellas, and you too, Frank. I don't know if obesity uh, is listed. It is. Is it okay? It is listed. Okay. Obesity is 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 a trait. You could live with it for years and get COVID, and all of a sudden it it becomes a, a major problem for well, you. Well, we know that obesity leads to a lot of other health problems. It's a, it's it it is a obesity is an underlying factor for th- uh, you know things like diabetes every yeah everything for a lot of stuff yep all that stuff so appreciate the email we also got an email from pamela it said the cdc article is grossly erroneous the top two comorbids listed in the article pneumonia and respiratory failure are not comorbs at all they are caused by the virus itself the death certificate is at the mercy of the physician filling it out you basically have to do an autopsy on each individual death to see what underlying health condition each patient had. Thank you very much for that email, Pamela. We it's, appreciate it. It's true, but I do think that, um, again, once we once we got past the whole people dying from gunshot wounds who had COVID listed as COVID or dying in a car accident right, listed as COVID, COVID, once we got past that, uh, I, I would like to think that there was a little bit of investigation gone on maybe maybe not so much an autopsy on on every patient but you know some information from the family or if that wasn't available maybe doing some uh analysis scientific analysis uh where that you know we might be able to find that information out look like rob and i have said a million times on this show in the spring when things were so up in the air and nobody knew hardly anything as much as we hated it a lot of those decisions were justified stay home orders canceling school but now now six months later we have a lot more things including treatments we have vaccines in the works And we have more data, better data, more refined data to go on. So why aren't governments and the powers that be listening to that science? 547-1610-509-547-1610. This is the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. 
hook up with the bottom line on Twitter at bottom line 610. Now back to the show presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back in the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A547-1610 is the number you would like to get involved. Contact Jason Hogue with American Family Insurance today if you're wondering if your business insurance is exactly where it needs to be. Are you completely protected opening up in a COVID-19 environment? Is there anything you need to add? Is there something you're concerned that you might need to increase? Jason will be able to let you know. He's the only American Star Certified American Family Insurance agent in the Tri-Cities. You could start by visiting his website, jasonhogue.com, and fire your questions off to Jason regarding your current small business policy. And who knows, maybe American Family Insurance will have more for less. You won't know unless you go to jasonhogue.com and start that conversation. 547-1610, if you would like to get involved in the program. Um, Interesting story coming out of Washington State. We see lots of petitions all the time. Lots of them. Oh, yeah. And recently, what we have seen is we've seen a halt to some college football, but all of high school football in Washington State. Now, there are 34 states that are playing football right now under various regulations for COVID-19. Washington State is not one of them. And so a group of players, a significant amount actually, from around the state, have started an organization called SAW, Student Athletes of Washington. They've signed a petition asking Jay Inslee and the Washington Interscholastic Activities Association, otherwise known as the WIAA, to resume the football season. Let's get it started. Let's get rolling. They also plan to hold a rally in Olympia this Thursday. Yes. They hope to get at least 5,000 signatures. And according to Cole Nora, who is a senior and one of the organizers, a senior at Mount Sai, said, quote, basically our argument is the negatives of not playing fall sports or being in school in the fall semester are worse than the negatives if we were in school and playing football and other fall sports. Didn't go into more detail um, other than that, but apparently a number of trainers helped write the petition. Uh, They talked about some of the repercussions of no fall football season, including depression among youth, the increased volatility of home environments due to parents working at home, stress on single-parent households, and it's harm on high school athletes earning college scholarships, among other reasons. And those players also doubt whether or not there will be a season in the spring. Yeah. So, mm. <clears throat> once again, you have another group looking to take its future into its own hands and try to see if they can convince the governor and the Department of Health and the WIAA to move forward and allow them to play. The petition, for the record, is on change.org, and the group said that they had hoped to get about 5,000 signatures, 5,000 supporters. Um, I'm looking at it now. It's already over 7,400. Good for them. So And climbing as, as we speak. And again, um, 
so much attention is put on high school football. Yes, that's the that's like the marquee sport of the fall mm. season. But they're making it very clear that this is all fall sports. Yes, that have been either move you know have been moved <clears throat> to different parts of the calendar year, and there's there's nothing. You know, it, they they talk about you know all this the I guess the for lack of a better term the social ramifications. Uh, they understand the health risks, but. What they say is that the social risks are being ignored. And, you know, some of the same arguments came with the notion of closing down schools, right? Um, And I think as more time goes on where you have the distance learning, you're going to hear that argument crop up again, too, where... You know, we we ended the last school year and began this school year at a distance. Yes, it may be healthier that way to do that, like from a physical health standpoint, but a mental health standpoint is something that they really need to look at, too. Five, four, seven, one, six, ten is the number five, oh, nine, five, four, seven. One six ten. But it's funny because it's that aspect that we continue to hear people go back to over and over again. We have heard people in law enforcement, in mental health, in uh, we've heard physicians, we have heard psychologists, we have heard many people come back to over and over and over again that the harm that is that is occurring. To people being locked down, people being prevented from social interaction is more damaging than the virus may be to these people, which is why we go back again to if you are not someone that has an underlying health condition, if you are someone that is a healthy individual, you should have the ability to be able to take care of your whole self. And yet that continues to be denied, and nobody making these decisions seems to really give a damn about that. No. They really don't seem to care about that. They don't seem to care about the uptick uptick in domestic violence cases. They don't seem to care about the uptick in attempted suicides. They don't seem to care about the uptick of substance abuse that's been occurring. They don't seem to care about any of that. There was one part of the petition along those same lines that when I read that, I thought, wow, I didn't think about that. All those things that you mentioned. Yeah, we've 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 heard the warnings from some physicians about, you know, drug and alcohol abuse, adults and kids uh, with the the stay home orders and and all that stuff. (laughs) This part of the petition, though, I'm going to read it. I I found it. I found it interesting. Uh, it says, I'm sure you, and again, this is a letter to Inslee and uh, the health department, says, I am sure that you are aware that it is between the hours of 3 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. when most juvenile crimes take place in our state, after school, and before our parents or guardians come home from work. We can help keep that in check and not add to the problem by letting us return to our practices, competitions, and events. 
Many of our age are already, quote, out and about without fever checks, pods and organization, without accountability to our teammates and without the push by coaches and our activity leaders to get good grades to remain eligible. We are collectively becoming, quote, lost. I read that and went, wow. I, uh, it's a stronger message than the college athletes put out. I want to I, I, I don't expect, certainly from Inslee's office, a reaction. I, I'm holding out hope that maybe the health dis, or the health department will acknowledge it. Maybe um, that's a maybe, and a pretty weak maybe at that. <laughs> Absolutely, Inslee's not going to touch this with a ten foot pole because he wants to get reelected. Uh, which is ironic because by addressing this. Might actually help his prospects. But that being aside, what a great summation in this petition touched on the possibility of increased crime, touched on the the aspect that um, a sense of normalcy in, in the athlete's life and about the influence their coaches have on them. When parents are at work, those coaches are a big influence. You and I have both played high school sports, and oh, yeah. and I I played one year in college, and I know that you know, and, and I have kids that have played sports. Coaches are very important. They don't replace parents, but they are a really good in most cases. Uh, second option, when parents can't be around, they're very influential. And if they're not there pushing the kids to be better in the classroom and on the playing field or court or whatever, then, yeah, I get why they feel collectively lost. Look, it's not just with kids. It's it's with any person. If you find yourself gravitating to someone, it's usually because they have something that you're missing. Or they're able to provide you with guidance or direction in something that you're not sure you can find that answer for yourself or you're looking for. Or it's something you may not even know that you were interested in or thought about until this person with this particular approach brought it into your life. Be that a coach, be that a friend, be that somebody spiritual, be it a boss, be it a coworker, who knows? But more often than not, when we find ourselves gravitating to people, it's because they have something that we're looking for or you know some somewhere subconsciously we we are finding that we need coaches you're absolutely right provide that teachers provide that law enforcement provides that mentors provide that you know it's it, there are many people that have the ability to provide that for others that's why we are a social society and the things that we have seen over the course of the last decade and a half as we have continued to remove that social element from our daily lives, we have seen more issues with people and the inability to socialize. Decisions that are made, behaviors that we have seen, actions that have been committed that trace back to a lack of human interaction learning those lessons, finding those things, you know, being able to connect on different levels. And taking that away from kids, particularly at this age, when they are looking for answers in their lives 
and they have people that they rely on, you remove that influence, that's never positive. But again, I go back to no one seems to care about this as much as they care about numbers, 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 and the data and science, the data and science, the data and science that we never see. But anyway, um, those are the things that seem to be what is on the top of the mind, not all the underlying things that we have seen people go through and cry out for help with that nobody seems to want to help because we've got to kill the disease. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is James in Kenworth. What's up, James? Well, there's also one other aspect of it that uh, you can look at. It's the coaches. My dad was a baseball coach. I, when I was in Babe Ruth, and he kept on coaching all the way up until I was out of high school. He loved it so much because he loved that interaction with the kids. So when he doesn't get a coach anymore, he's missing that in- interaction with those children as well. So there's that that you got to look at too. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Anybody who is involved in helping somebody else's life is struggling during this because they're not able to do that. You know, they're they're being prevented from doing that as well. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to weigh in on the student athletes of Washington putting together a change.org petition online, they're planning a rally in Olympia at four o'clock Thursday. Uh, they are they sent an open letter to Governor Inslee and the state health department about this. We'll see where it goes. Stay with us. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back in the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA, 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved, you can hit us up via email as well, 610-KONA.com, bottom line page. Your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say, and, uh, you know, we, we've we've said a lot about this particular topic over the months and you know the collective frustrations continue to grow in different areas um and you know remote learning is beginning um parents are finding ways to deal with that um to juggle that extra aspect of things along with their regular life um, you know, we've seen the athletes come out and say, "Look, just let us play. Let let us let us play." I mean, you're taking away something from us that that matters and is important. Um, but you know what? It also sounds like to me, it sounds like the the base of the argument that we have had over the last couple of years, and that is, you have. More and more people coming out and saying, let us police ourselves. Let us decide. Let us do this. Give us the ability to do it, and we'll find a way to make it work. But let us live our life. Let us do this. We can do it within parameters, but let us do this. And what are you getting in return? No, we know what's best for you. We're going to tell you how you're going to do it from here on high in Mount Olympus. And you 
will do it, or should I say Mount Olympia? I was going to say. Here on high in Mount Olympia. Um, or Mount Salem. Or, yeah, or Mount Salem, but wherever. We're going to tell you how this is going to work, and trust us, we know what's in your best interest, because we are omnipotent, and we can tell you the best way to live your life in one unified, orderly direction, comrade. Yes, and uh, I think that the COVID-19 pandemic um, has really shine a light on that aspect. Although, for some, maybe many, I don't know what the correct word would be, I don't know the exact numbers, but for a significant portion of at least Washington State, and I'm going to assume Oregon too, they view what Governor Inslee and Governor Brown have done during the pandemic, shutting things down and having plans to reopen and taking control as strong leadership. That's how many of them view that, is that, you know, and especially in in stark contrast to President Trump, who did nothing and left it all up to the states to do, you know, that's a whole other argument. But for Washington and Oregon, what some view as overbearing, some are being viewed as strong leadership. It's an interesting way of looking at it, I think. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? John from West Richland. Hi, John. What's up? Sounds like you guys are getting ready to go over to Seattle to help protest. Why is that? You don't want the government to tell you what to do. Well, that doesn't mean we're ready to go and protest. Well, that, that, that's that been that way for the 40-some-odd years I've been alive. <laughs> that just hasn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> and, and I'm a, you know, and to be fair, I'm a political independent, but I don't like being told what to do. I don't care. You know, I didn't even like my mom telling me what to do. Yeah. Appreciate the call, John. Thanks for chiming in. Five four seven one six ten. If you'd like to get involved, now it, I'm too busy to protest anyway. I have a job, too, yeah. So I don't, you know, yeah, it makes a. Little I don't have enough time fun. to go and protest. You know, <laughs> one of the interesting things that came out on just a quick side note. Oh, I have a minute left. We mentioned last week that Rand Paul and, and a couple of other politicians in D.C. are trying to get an investigation opened up into um, the funding sources for the protests. Oh, right. Paul's wife in an interview said that there were protesters staying on the same floor of the hotel they were. Mm. They were in a room right across from them. And that's what spurred the question. How are these protesters affording hotels and all this other stuff? And if yeah. they're, wh- and what's, I, I don't what's know behind what ho- this? I don't know what hotel, but I imagine <clears throat> Rand Paul and his wife stay at nice accommodations. And she said there was entire floors that were protesters. And they're like... How are they all affording well, the hotel rooms and look, all this other stuff? And you, you've got you've got some elite people with money who have already said and already uh, you know accounted for themselves that they are donating money to BLM and other organizations that funnel through. We know now the Democratic Party. Uh, you donate to BLM, you're donating to Biden's campaign, and 
that money and other sources that have gone unnamed so far, but we all kind of have an idea, that all that money is being used to bring people well, in and put a bump in nice hotels and say, go act crazy. You saw the latest person arrested in Wisconsin was from Seattle. Yeah. So uh, you, you made the trip because you wanted some cheese? Yeah, seriously. I mean, you got you just needed a change of scenery. It wasn't good enough to, you know, if you, the protest dying down in Seattle, so you got to move on. If you wanted cheese, you could just go to Pullman and get Cougar Gold. Well, who knows? A lot maybe less they, expensive. Maybe they a lot rolled, less travel. You, you know? know, you could go through Pullman on your way to Wisconsin. You could, but I don't think you went to Wisconsin for cheese. Something about gas cans. Something like that. It might have, might have had a gas can or two on him. At last check, the change.org for the student-athletes to want to play, now approaching 8,000 signatures. Good on them. Nice work, kids. Nice work. Back with Bible 2 after this.